Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 60 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what to look for in a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. And last week, we had Mark Silver, the founder of Heart Business, helping thousands of business owners integrate spirituality, business nitty gritty with an awareness of social justice. Today will be a major departure from previous episodes and will likely go longer than the usual 15 to 20 minutes. You're going to hear an actual coaching session with an individual, a business owner named Rob in New Zealand. The time difference from New Zealand to California is about 19 hours. So although I'm recording this on a Wednesday, it's Thursday for Rob in New Zealand. Let me give you the big picture view to start. Rob is age 50, similar to my age when I started over. They have a positive net worth of about $750,000 with his wife, and she also works. Their total combined income is about $7,200 per month on average, and they have three children living at home. However, their expenses are about $12,400 per month, leaving a shortage of about $5,200 per month. As you listen to my questions and Rob's answers, rather than judge someone, look for the similarities to your situation. Look to see where you might be spending in areas that don't serve you, or items that you could cut out of your spending, or how you could increase your income based on your situation. Look at your goals and ask questions like the wealthy. Questions that start with how, where, when, what, or who. Like, what actions can I take to move more powerfully toward my goals? Rob, let me tell you about the type of clients I normally work with. They fall into three general categories. And as you're listening to this, think about how you can adapt what I'm telling you to what you can use for your business. So the three categories I work with are the people that fall into the three categories. The first is someone who just says, Rennie, I'm earning a great income. Uh, very similar to friends of ours, but they're paying half as much in income taxes as we are. What are they doing right? Or what are we doing wrong? Now, I don't get too many people that fall into that category because I also get referrals from CPAs. So the tax situation is taken care of. The second category is someone who says, well, things are good, but I want it better. Maybe they want their home paid off before they retire or they don't want their standard of living to change when they stop working, or they want to get through, they want to get their kids through college. They have some investments that are providing a return that they think could be improved. Again, their situation's good and they want it better. <laughs> now, the third category of client is someone who says, well, gee, Rennie, I'd like to be in category two. Um, in category three, someone may have some student debt, business loans, other debt that's in the way of them accomplishing their goals. The feeling is, they might say, Rennie, it feels like I'm treading water. I'm working. 
The money's coming in, the money's going out. It doesn't feel like I have anything to show for it. And actually, all three categories are about feelings more than they are about numbers. Like I said, the second category, they just want it better. And the third category feels like they're treading water. So, Rob, here are the guidelines we're going to follow for this session. So let me have you take out a piece of paper and write down on the left-hand side of the paper the word coach, C-O-A-C-H, one letter under the other. Yep, I've done that. That's great. Great. Let me... Okay, so the first C stands for the word client. And what that, these are my guidelines. Each letter represents one or more of the guidelines. So the C stands for you as the client. And as the client, you decide what you're going to take action on. I'll make suggestions, recommendations. I could even provide referrals, but ultimately you make the final decisions. The, on, the O stands for ongoing. Financial growth is an ongoing process. It's not like, well, no, it is. It's just like if you went to the gym and you worked out once, that does not take care of your health for the rest of your life. The A stands for accurate data. Now, you've already provided me with a lot of information, and the more accurate the data is, obviously, the more intelligent my comments can be. The next C stands for two things. One of them is comprehensive. I'm going to be asking you how you feel about things. Because the reality is how you feel has determined the situation that you're in. And the second part of that C stands for confidential. Now, granted, we're going to be broadcasting this to thousands of people, but that's why we're only using the name Rob so that your situation does remain relatively confidential. And the H, the H is one of my favorites. It stands for how I get paid. So I get paid three ways. The first are fees. Now there's no charge for this because you're helping me support many, many other people. My hourly rate is $400 an hour. So if someone just called and wanted to pay for the time, those would be the fees. Second way I can be paid is through partner fees. I might refer you to someone who would share their fees with me or their commissions with me. I don't do that very often, but that can happen. And I just want to disclose that. And the third way I get paid is non-monetarily. Because I do such a great job working with people, they give me referrals. And I look at that as an additional way of being paid besides fees or partner referral income. Now, let me ask you, are you comfortable with my guidelines and how I get paid. Yeah, that's great, Rennie. You've um, made that very clear. Um, and yeah, I'm very comfortable with what you've disclosed so far. Great. And like I said, one of the ways to listen to this is, is if you can incorporate some of what I just went over with you in your business. Mm. So let's talk about the three goals that you and your wife wrote down that are your objectives from our work together. You said you want to learn how to control finances. You want to change your attitude about money. And you want to discover new ways to invest with a lack of capital. 
Now, if we only had one thing that we could work on, what would be the number one thing of those three? Or is there something different that you didn't write down? Um, no, I think the first one is probably the most um, pressing, uh, the, the most and the highest priority for me. Being able to control finances uh, is something that I've struggled with over the years. And I think that's what has kind of left me in this position and being self-employed, my income rises and falls. And so there's fluctuations and, um, but uh, and my, my expenditures sort of is is fairly constant um and we need to work out a way um to have better control over our finances in general terrific and i've been in the situation you're in so i know how to work that out because i've done it um and i'll read the goals that your wife wrote down as well she said she wants to have confidence in a way to get surplus income she wants to have ways to save for the things that she desires, and she wants to stop worrying about money. Do you think there's been any change from what your wife wanted? No, I don't think so. That's, um, that's still pretty clear with her. Okay. And do you think her number one objective would be to have confidence uh, in a way to get surplus income? Well, actually, from for her perspective, it is uh, it is probably more the the emotional side of of money, um, and and I guess that would lean more towards the um, the worrying side of it. Great. Um, if if she could mind mind you, that would sort of flows to confidence. If you've, if you've got confidence in your ability to to generate uh, money and and have that consistently there, then you that would most probably remove the worry. Um, so I guess you could look at it a, a, a different ways. You know, the end outcome would be to not worry uh, for her. That makes a lot of sense. And also because women tend to be more emotional, uh, mm. that would normally be a higher priority. Okay. So now I'm going to start, I'm going to re review your situation a little bit, and this is how we're going to, um, get through the rest of the program and you've got a home worth about 950,000 and it appears you've got two mortgages 307,000 and 79,000 is that correct yes that's correct okay you also have listed securities of about 300,000 mm -hmm. and i remember asking you and you answered um, how you were able to create that because if you're running a negative, how do you create that investment? So explain that to me. Sure. There's um, the majority of that has been uh, is being gifted. So there's a there's an element of an of inheritance there, which has primarily come from my from my wife's family, and uh, and so that's been sitting there and um, and and gaining wealth on its own. Um, over over quite a few years, um, it was relatively sizable, but it did allow us to buy our, our first home, and has um, allow us allowed us to uh, to use for um, for some larger ticket items. Um, yeah, so so it's really nice to have that there. We've we've tried to look at it as something for a longer term growth as well, 
um, although we have had to to dip into that from time to time to help with our cash flow, and that's that, that's really what helps at the moment. And that would make sense. Mm. Um, what I've noticed over the decades that I've been doing this work is when I see someone who is either running a deficit in terms of their cash flow, or they have a lot of outstanding credit card debt, and they also have savings or investments. I have not yet seen where the individuals have created the savings or investments on their own. It has either come from a lawsuit settlement, an accident, an inheritance, or something of that nature. Um, and what I like to support people to do is move to a place where they can add to their investments instead of taking from them as the situation you're in now. Now, tell me about the work that you do because that's going to be a key to turning the situation around. So tell me about your work. Absolutely. So um, I've, I've been working in the, um, in, the, in the field of IT for the, for the last uh, past 20 years. And um, the, the last uh, 10 years, I've, I've uh, been running my own business as a software consultant. And uh, so primarily, I work with, uh, with a software company called Zoho. And, that, and so I promote and, and uh, resell their software to, um, to other businesses, uh, primarily service-based uh, businesses. Okay. So at some point, we're going to be talking about how you are marketing uh, their software as a reseller. Um, now, is that strictly a commission-based income? Uh, no, there's, there's consultancy fees as well. So I can add value in whichever way I choose. Um, and so the commissions, I do get commission on, on software sold, but I also provide a consultancy service to advise and help implement that software, which is uh, 100% of that goes um, back into my business. So any any revenue that I generate on top of the software licensing um, is uh, can stay with the business. Terrific. Okay. Mm. So um, I'm I'm going to kind of like violate a process I go through, and what that is is that what I learned from personal experience and what I've seen work for I don't know hundreds, maybe it's thousands of other people is that when they get control of their expenses first, it's easier to make more money because they recognize they're going to have something left over from that. But when people just try and increase their income without dealing with the expenses first, it doesn't change anything. They make more money, the expenses continue to go up or they don't change, and there's still nothing addition, additional. So like I said, I'm going to violate that. And we're not going to work with your expenses first. We're actually going to work with your income first. But we will work with the expenses because that's going to make a big difference. So as an example, uh, in terms of the leads that you have, how are you finding the clients to work with? Are you limited to New Zealand? Could you also be working in Australia, the United States, Europe? It, are you limited in any way? 
Um, no, not at all. There's no limitations. There's no territorial boundaries or anything like that. Um, so uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely room to scale. Um, and so there's a... Um, the, at the moment, I've been generating leads through uh, through a referral based um, uh, network, and um, and doing a doing a little bit of marketing. But I've been um, in you know in the business so far. I've been I've taken on other types of work and done a, a wide range of things. So I find that um, I, I think that my my problem is that I've been too broad um, in the business. I- I was about to say that. Yeah. (laughs) It's the difference between in the field of medicine, a general practitioner versus Mm. a surgeon or specialist. Mm. And so that would be one of the recommendations is you determine what the most effective use of your time is for generating the income. And I'm going to provide you with a form. I'll call it the uh, focus marketing form. And you'll use that to identify your last, let's say, 15, 20, 25 clients. And you'll write down the different category. you'll, You'll write down different things about these clients, such as how you got them, how much you earned from them, what kind of business that they're in. Um what associations they're in, things of that nature. So I'm going to generally explain it now, and I'll provide that form to you and instructions. But I'll give you an example. Let's say, well, no, you tell me um, what industry one of your clients falls into who you enjoy working with. Yeah, so that's that's great. I've I've been doing a lot of thinking about this uh, recently, and um, and looking at, at narrowing down. And one of the best clients I've got at the moment is a um, consultant in the field of health and safety, and and they work primarily in the uh, with um, building and construction, uh, the building and construction industry. And so I'm finding that uh, you know I think I think where my sweet spot is 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 working with other consultants, similar to what I do, um, consulting businesses. But they they have their own field of of expertise that they consult in and provide a service or advice to uh, to others. Perfect. Okay. So as an example, let's take the consultant who's operating in the health and safety area. Uh, Filling out the form will ask you, what association do they belong to? And there are associations for every occupation you can imagine, from doctors and dentists to plumbers and electricians to people in heating and air conditioning. And so I'm going to guess that a consultant in the health and safety industry is probably a member of some association. Well, if these, if this is one of your sweet spots, what you'll want to do is start marketing in that association. And you may be the only consultant who offers Zoho to the people in that industry. You're not another consultant in safety and health. You're a consultant with Zoho, which supports them in what they do. As an example, 
I, I thought that it would be fun to work with psychologists and psychotherapists. And so I joined an association that was filled with psychologists and psychotherapists. I was the only person with a financial background. I wasn't a marriage and family therapist. I wasn't a psychologist. I was a certified financial planner. But by getting involved in a local association and meeting those people, I became the treasurer of their local organization. From that, I ended up on their national board, picking their chief operation officer for the entire association of 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. I went from a local association to being exposed to an association of all 10,000 members because I helped pick their chief operating officer. So that's what this focus marketing form will help you identify. And then I'll give you some language to actually work with that client to find more people just like them. Okay. Awesome. That sounds great. All right. Um, okay. So you said it's referral based. So as an example, do you have like a short or easy way of actually asking current clients for referrals to more clients just like you want? Uh, no, I don't currently have a, 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 a process for that. Um, it's generally I would, the, the more I talk to people, I, get, I guess I would ask, ask them, but it's not a standardized process uh, or something that would be easy and i guess that's a it's a mindset thing as well I, I guess i'd be i'm probably a bit reluctant to ask for those leads or referrals um and, and that that's maybe that's maybe in confidence because i because i haven't had the confidence in knowing what my specialty is to be able to present that in an articulate way okay well let me ask you uh can you provide effective consulting to consultants in the health and safety arena? I believe I can, yes. Okay, fine. So if we specialize in that, I'm going to give you a two-sentence script to ask for referrals to get more people like that. And you can use that in any direction you want, but the script will almost be unchanged. And it's only two sentences long. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you to commit to using it. Okay. So get ready to write this down because I want you to use it. And it's word for word. You don't change any part of this. Okay. Okay. So now, um, before I even give you the script, let me ask you a couple of questions. If you had no clients at all, could you legitimately tell someone uh, or make a statement like, I'm expanding my business? Uh, I, I believe I could because I'm in the phase at the moment, I'm in an expansive mindset um, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm ready to, uh, to make the changes that I need to, to grow the business. Perfect. Okay. Now, let's say you had more clients than you could handle alone. Could you still say, I'm expanding my business? 
Um, uh, yes, I, I, I believe I could. Um, and certainly ways to be able to do that, to be able to, to be able to meet that capacity. Exactly. You bring on more people or whatever and make an override off of the people you brought into your business. So regardless of where you are at your stage of business, it's a true statement to say you're expanding your business. Okay. So what I'm going to be giving you to say is going to be true for you at any stage. Yes. So the first sentence is, I'm expanding my business and I need your help. Okay. So this is word for word again. I'm expanding my business and I need your help. You're not looking for their partnership. You're not looking for their support. You're not looking uh, for their assistance. You're using the word help. Now, Rob, if I said to you, I'd like your support versus I, I need your help, which one makes you feel more empowered? Um, I need your help in a way. Um, to me, for me personally, I, uh, I really like helping people and I'd go out of my way to, to help anyone. Um, support to me just means you're, you're assisting them, you're holding their hand. Um, you know, it, it could be anyone doing that. Exactly. And that's yeah. the whole point of using the word help because what it's doing is setting up a hierarchy where the person you're speaking to is elevated above you and allows them to feel good to help you in the same way you feel good helping others. So that first sentence is, I'm expanding my business and I need your help, period. Got it. Okay. The second sentence goes like this. You're going to ask a question. Who do you know who? And then what you do is you define or explain who it is you're looking for by how anyone could recognize them. And here's, mm. here's an example. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you a real bad example to start with. Okay. Who do you know who could use Zoho software? Would you have any idea? I mean, you're in the business. Do you know of people who could use it? Uh, or no, yeah, sure. yeah, sort of, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, let's try a, a different question. Who do you know who is also a consultant in the health and safety field? It's yeah. likely they would know someone, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you could even ask a question like, who do you know that it appears they're not operating their business efficiently. Yes. Uh, who do you know who has a company with five to 10 employees? Who do you know has a gross revenue that's probably over a half a million or a million dollars? I mean, whatever the criteria is for your ideal client. Yep. So that's when you 
explain exactly who you're looking for. And you start this question with, who do you know who? Mm -hmm. Okay, it makes sense. Okay. So as an example, um, let's say I wanted to work with uh, consultants like you. Um, I could say, Rob, who do you know who is a consultant in New Zealand? Would you know of anybody? Uh, sure, yeah. I could, sure, I could track someone down. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how easy it is to get referrals. Now, the point is to have it as a process where you can ask this question at any point in working with a client. You can, as a matter of fact, one of my best clients decades ago came from someone who bought nothing from me. Um, I used this script and I said, gosh, I think it was, who do you know who you think is earning over $100,000 a year? He said, oh, such and such. He gave me someone's name. I called that person. I said, so-and-so uh, suggested that the work I do might be of support to you. Uh, my name is Randy. No, no, no. I do that. Uh, can we set up a time to meet? We did. That person bought the largest life insurance policy I'd ever sold up to that point in time. The referral, wow. the person who referred me bought nothing. The person he referred me to bought the largest policy I'd ever sold up to that point in time. Okay. So I'm telling yes, you the script works. Mm. All right. And, and you don't, and it doesn't have to be even be a client. And it could be, at, like I said, at any point in the relationship with the client, it could be when you're starting, it could be after you, they buy it. It could be while you're consulting with them, serving them. At any point in time, you can say, by the way, I'm expanding my business and I need your help. Who do you know who is a consultant in the health and safety field? Yeah, I love it. That's, that sounds really powerful. Okay. Um, so I think I have finished violating, uh, enough of, uh, talking about increasing your income. Let's start talking about looking at your expenses. Okay. So, um, oh, uh, question of the total income that's coming in. How much of that is coming from your wife? Um, so th at this stage, the money, the the money that I've, or well, the income that I've disclosed to you is is a hundred percent from me. Okay. In uh, my business, the income that my wife generates assists with that deficit. So it, it is it is money that you know typically she's been working part time. She's obviously the mother of three children as well. So she takes on that traditional role, but she's working more and more. So her income is building up. And, and uh, so far, I haven't ever disclosed that uh, because it is just additional that would go to putting, you know, buying some groceries or helping out with some additional expenses. Okay. Does and that sound okay? Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, it's a, one of the things that I noticed is there's a, a big psychological shift mm. when the expenses 
are handled more powerfully. Uh, and I'll use an example of a psychologist that I was working with many years ago. She was earning about $90,000 a year. And I suggested that she begin paying herself first. And she said, Rennie, I, I can't do that. If, if I start taking some of this money out of the income and setting it aside to, to invest later, I won't be able to pay all the bills. And I said, I, I know that's how it feels. And I'm telling you, it's not correct. Because right now, she's, she was at that time, she was a conduit. The money would come in, the money would go out, there's nothing left. Mm. Now, how do you think your wife feels knowing the money that she's earning while it's contributing to the family is just disappearing? Um, yeah, she would probably feel it would, wouldn't, it wouldn't give her a great feeling. I'm not sure how she would feel about that. Um, mm. well, she definitely how you, wants. How do you feel? with the money that's coming into you and more of it than your earning is going out. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's, that's a really hard thing. I, it's, it's hard to hold on to. And it's, um, it feels just, you know, like a, a slippery fish. You just can't, you, you get it, you catch it. And then it jumps out of your grasp again. So exactly. Mm. And, and that's not a good feeling. Yeah. And what I did. And so anyway, I told her to start paying herself first as though she deserved to own some of the money she was earning. And she reluctantly agreed to try it. I said, for every client that pays you, and let, she was earning, let's say, $90 an hour. Um, if she got a check for $90, I'd say, set 10% aside. Could you set aside $9 from the 90? She agreed to do it. Well, when I got together with her six weeks later, what she explained to me was, it looks like her income is jumping from ninety thousand a year to one hundred and twenty thousand a year. Why? Because she was treating herself like she deserved to own some of that money and not just be a conduit for it, where it comes in one hand and goes out the other. She was starting to trim back her expenses so she could see there was money she got to keep and keep for the rest of her life. So there are psychological shifts that occur when you do these things that I'm suggesting. So, um, okay. So the income situation, I got a handle on that. Um, you mentioned something that says $635 debt payment from business. What does that mean? Um, what is that? I, I've, it, it, it's under the income category, and it gave me the impression someone is paying you $635 a month, but I didn't understand what debt payment from business meant. So that, that's, that's coming in. Oh, wow. I'd have to look back on that, Rennie. Okay. Uh, I'm so not maybe it's in the wrong column, and yeah. it's $635 you're paying out. Yeah, I, th I think it... It sounds like it is an outgoing, um, uh, or an, unless unless it's some money that's coming in personally from the business uh, to uh, a personal loan, potentially uh, oh, something so like that. You may have loaned money to the business, 
and this mm, is this paying you back for that loan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So that that's reasonable. Um, rather than going through each of the expenses on your list from the house payment to the parking and clothing and healthcare and insurance, um, what I'd like you to do is review that on your own rather than on this call on this broadcast and determine what adjustments you might be able to make to that. Uh, as an example, let's say your water and power bill is $300 a month. Is it possible to reduce that? Um, parking and gasoline, $500 a month. Is it possible to reduce that? Uh, groceries, $1,400 a month. I don't know if you're buying prepared meals, if you're buying groceries and cooking, but what are the adjustments that you could make to reduce some of these figures and maybe enhance your lifestyle? As an example, let's say your meals out, which says $800 a month, is buying the kind of food that's not really supporting the health of you or your family maybe doing more grocery shopping and cooking at home might not only reduce that bill, but enhance your health. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'd like you to look at each and every one of those categories and see what is it you can do to make adjustments there. It's something that I learned in a program and, I, and I'll share this. Well, it's a little bit embarrassing, but I, there's a 12-step program called Debtors Anonymous. And it's for people who are living beyond their income or people who have debt or people who are not earning enough money to support their standard of living. And this is where I learned that if you deal with the expenses first, it makes it easier to grow the income. When all you see is if I earn more money, nothing's going to change. It's not very empowering, exciting, or enrolling. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'd like you to do on your own. And then yeah, I've uh, the, the way I've been thinking about it is I, you know, I know these expenses are there. Some of them are high and probably can be trimmed down. Um, and all my focus is really going on how, you know, how do I, um, how do I increase my income so I can pay for these bills and then, you know, allow, give myself a little bit of a margin. So, you can take the have a have some breathing space, but I but I can see that both things have got to work at the same time. You've got to absolutely correct focus on trimming the expenses and also looking at ways to increase your income. Yeah, it was probably about I'd say somewhere close to twenty years that I thought if I just earned more money, uh, things would work out. And I'll give you an example. I started as a school teacher out of college and I was earning $6,500 per year. Okay. This is obviously a long time ago, but I was short like a couple hundred dollars a month. So I left teaching and went into sales and doubled my, in no, it was, I was short a hundred a month because I remember I doubled my income and went from 6,500 to 13,000 a month, a year. 
and now is short 200 a month. Okay, so I figured if I just earn more money, I'll cover it. Well, when I passed $100,000 a year of income, I noticed I'm now short $2,000 a month. Mm. Earning more money didn't work. And it wasn't until I finally adjust, uh, um, finally worked on the expenses first and brought them down to 100,000, my income jumped to 150. So I actually had something to show for the work I was doing. Mm. So I'm asking you to look at the expenses first and use the referral script I gave you and the form that I'm going to provide to you to get more clients and generate more income. Okay? Right. Good advice. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Your number one goal was to learn how to control finances. So what we've spoken about is looking at each and every one of them and seeing what you can reduce. Mm. Okay. Um, change your attitude about money. That might've been the fact that you work on the expenses first and the income second. And we have not gotten to discover new ways to invest with a lack of capital because I think it's important to deal with where you are now and fixing what I want to call it, the leak in your finances. We fix that leak, and then we can talk about investing uh, even with a lack of capital. But mm. first, we've got to fix the shortfall and the deficit. Okay? Yeah, that's great. And I'm, uh, uh, you know, I get a sense of, um, being able to fix this, fix the leak, and and having a better understanding of those uh, those expenses and those those outgoings is something that's going to empower me more, and um, and you know, and, and give that control that I'm after, and also uh, not be afraid of those expenses as well. So at the because I've become overwhelmed and realizing, well, there is a shortfall. I've tend to ignore those expenses and just, well, if I try and focus on my income, I can ignore those expenses. They might just go away by themselves, but they're not going to. That's right. And no. I'm going to send you, a, I'm going to put this recording in the Dropbox. Uh, it'll be edited later for broadcast. But what I would like you to do, if you're willing, tell me if you are, I'd like you to have uh, your wife listen to this recording. So she knows okay. the process that we've gone through so she can support you in what we're doing. Are you willing Sounds to have right. her? Yeah, to I'm ab absolutely willing to share that. That's okay, great. Rob, thank you for your willingness to be coached. This will be a great support for so many other business people or individuals who listen to this broadcast. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. And if you feel this episode would support other business owners or individuals, please send the link to them with a personal note. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform, and please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, 
or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Next week, we'll have Jody Miller-Young, who will speak about how to keep your pets healthy, increase their lifespan, and reduce your veterinary bills. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now. We'll be right back.